It's Thursday, April the 1st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Joe Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure plan and Huawei's bad year. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden unveiled a $2 trillion infrastructure plan to overhaul America's, quote, crumbling roads, rail lines, utilities and bridges, calling it a, quote, once-in-a-generation investment in America. To help pay for it, he would raise the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. The American Jobs Plan is the first of a two-part legislative package intended to build resilience to climate change and boost an economy stricken by the COVID-19 pandemic. The president also said higher spending on infrastructure would mean America's economy can better compete with China's. Huawei's quarterly revenue fell for the first time on record, dropping by around a tenth year-on-year in the final three months of 2020 to 220 billion yuan, $33.5 billion. The Chinese technology company was hit hard by American sanctions. Overall annual revenue growth in 2020 was 3.8%, compared with 19% in 2019. Strong sales figures in China helped the company weather difficulties outside its home market. A manufacturing bungle may have spoiled 15 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine made at the Baltimore facilities of emergent biosolutions which adulterated its ingredients with others meant for the AstraZeneca vaccine. The affected doses were dumped. Meanwhile, the EU's Internal Market Commissioner warned that Britain will be receiving, quote, zero doses from Europe unless it fulfills its production commitments there. A court in India granted no relief to ByteDance, the owner of TikTok, a video-sharing app. The Chinese company said it was, quote, bleeding after Indian authorities blocked its local bank accounts because of alleged tax evasion. India banned TikTok last year, along with 58 other Chinese apps, during a military confrontation. ByteDance has 1,300 employees left in India. Opposition politicians in Brazil's parliament moved to impeach the president, Jair Bolsonaro. Lawmakers are accusing him of trying to organize a military coup after he sacked his defense minister earlier this week. The heads of the army, navy and air force swiftly resigned their posts, reportedly after they balked at as-yet-unknown presidential orders. The European Commission said it would take Poland to the European Court of Justice over the country's erosion of judicial independence. The Commission, the European Union's executive branch, has chided Poland to little avail over new rules that would allow judges to be punished for their rulings. The EC hopes that the ECJ can force Poland to change its ways. And Alexei Navalny, Russia's opposition leader, went on a hunger strike to try to force the prison in which he is being held to provide medical care for acute pain in his back and legs. In a letter to the prison governor posted on social media, Mr Navalny said his requests had been ignored. Last week, he said a guard was waking him every hour nightly. And now, here's today's agenda. Fix the police, reforming New York's forces. 
In the wake of the killing of George Floyd last year, Andrew Cuomo, New York's embattled governor, signed an executive order requiring each of the more than 500 police agencies in the state to come up with a reform plan aimed at, quote, restoring the relationship between the community and the police. Those plans are due today. New York City's police department vows, among other things, to stop over-policing non-white neighborhoods and to adopt a public health approach to drug overdoses. Yesterday, the state legalized the recreational use of cannabis, but other kinds of reform are easier to promise than to deliver. The NYPD is America's biggest police force, with 36,000 officers and another 19,000 civilians, and has long been slow to change and resistant to oversight, two attributes that apply to plenty of other police forces. Equally unclear is whether the public will maintain pressure for reform after a year that saw the biggest ever spike in murders. Beating back the wave, COVID-19 in India Boosting its COVID-19 vaccination effort, India will from today allow anyone over 45 to get a shot. Previously, only those over 60 or at high risk were accepted. But India's race against time grows more desperate. Cases have surged in the past month and are now running at 60,000 new infections daily. This is already two-thirds of the peak during India's first big wave in September. At this rate, it will soon overtake America and Brazil as the world's biggest COVID-19 hotspot. To get things under control, experts say India needs to vaccinate 10 million people a day. It is currently reaching only 2 million. But it cannot produce enough jabs and has also pledged to supply other countries. Luckily, India has experienced unusually low death rates from COVID-19, and although the 54 million jabbed so far equal just 4% of India's population, they include health workers and many of the most vulnerable. Macron's lost bet, France shuts down. For the third time since the pandemic began, the French are preparing to go into lockdown. In an address on March 31st, President Emmanuel Macron announced new measures that will come into effect on Saturday. They will restrict all movement to within 10 kilometers of the home. Schools will be closed for three to four weeks this spring. A national curfew already in place will continue to apply, and home working made compulsory where possible. Mr. Macron had hoped to avoid another national lockdown and ruled one out in January against scientific advice. He argued in particular that it was important to keep children in schools, which have been open all academic year. But Le Variant Anglais has decided otherwise. New cases are soaring, hospitals are under pressure. Accused of acting too late, Mr. Macron is now hoping that an accelerated vaccination campaign will keep the lockdown, however unpopular, to a single month. The New Space Race – Satellite Warfare Countries are making further moves to take warfare into orbit. So finds the Secure World Foundation, an American think tank, in a report published today. The report catalogues kits such as America's Aegis and Russia's upcoming S-500 air defense systems, which can blow up satellites. Russia has also deployed, quote, sub-satellites, which could be fired from satellites as projectiles. China is upgrading its own anti-satellite missiles, some of which could be fired from lorries. 
Despite remarks from French officials about equipping satellites with defensive machine guns, no such plan has been made public. But France, like India, has begun work on lasers to, quote, dazzle satellite sensors. America, China and Russia have tested similar equipment. Those three countries can jam satellite signals, something Iran is working on too. Russia is even designing jammers for use in orbit. Future conflicts could be fought among the stars. Salmond seconds Scotland's new party. Alex Salmond will today unveil candidates for ALBA, his new separatist party. Mr Salmond, the Scottish National Party's former leader and ex-First Minister of Scotland, was tried for sexual assault last year and acquitted. He then fell out badly with Nicola Sturgeon, his successor, accusing her inner circle, without much evidence, of a plot to get him jailed. Taking advantage of Scotland's two-vote electoral system, under which Scots vote for both constituency and regional lawmakers, Mr Salmond says Alba will help produce a majority in the Scottish Parliament for independence. He is exploiting a split in the nationalist movement over how to achieve divorce from the Union. He favours more radical tactics to secure independence and would support street protests. Mr Salmond might draw support from socially conservative, anti-EU separatists alienated by Ms Sturgeon. But he may well harm the independence movement. There's a chance Alba could both split the nationalist vote and fail to win any seats. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Wangari Matai, who was born on this day in 1940. When we plant trees, we plant the seeds of peace and hope. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.